Apologetics.com, a radio show where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. My name is Bob Peruca, and I have the honor and privilege of serving as a ruling elder at Branch of Hope Orthodox Presbyterian Church, and I am joined tonight by a longtime friend who is also a ruling elder at Grace Presbyterian Church in Laguna Hills. His name is Michael Robers. Mike, how are you? Good morning, Bob. How you doing? It is good morning. It is, it yeah. Good. It's a good morning. We're on at midnight. and uh, <laughs> it, is, it is a good morning. Yeah, when a, you said long-time friend, I guess it's about almost two decades, huh? 20 years. 20 brother. years, yeah. Yeah, a long yeah it's time. been great. And yeah. It's been great. You're one of those friends that uh, yeah. I don't, if I don't see for a year or two, and we just pick up where we left That's off. Right. That's, That's right. That's awesome. That's right. And That's wonderful. thank the Lord that we are both in Christ. Amen. So, yes, that is the most important thing. Well, our website at apologetics.com states that we exist to remove intellectual impediments from the Christian that thereby would enhance believers uh, to have confidence and weaken skeptics' objections to the gospel, the good news. So, Mike, with all the adversity that we face as believers leaning into a postmodern, even post-secular culture that Mm. marginalizes serious consideration of the truth of Scripture, I think it's good sometimes for us to just kind of step back, mm-hmm. take a breath, and remind ourselves of the fundamentals of the faith once and for all delivered to the saints, as Jude says. And you know, my church membership is not a very common practice amongst evangelical churches today, but you know, tonight we'd like to put forth the idea that church membership is central to the believer, not only to plug into, but to maintain steadfast faith and equilibrium in the face of these headwinds of the secularism and the vacuous spirituality that we face today. So the question we're going to ask tonight, you know, it's, it's, it's foundational. What does it mean to be a Christian? Mm-hmm. You know, it seems to be a very simple answer that we can all answer really quickly, but it's very important that we look into ourselves and ask us, are we in the faith? What are the core elements of the faith that we can agree on? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in our church, and I, I know in your church as well, there are four questions that we are going to dive into tonight that we believe any Christian would agree with, and we ask members these questions. So these are questions that we ask our prospective members when they express a desire to join our church. And the questions deal with the Bible, the Trinity, our sin, and Jesus as Savior and Lord. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Mike, uh, there's a great book out there called Confessing Christ, and it, it talks about what does it mean to confess Christ. And in Romans 10, 9, says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, Bob, that's uh, also, uh, obviously um, a very uh, non-inclusive statement. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, G- G- basically the Bible, God's Word is saying that there is only one way mm-hmm. um, to to life, to God, to eternal life, and that is through his son, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, and it's the man Christ. And God has uh, raised him up uh, as a, a prophet, priest, and king, um, and he has come to, to bear the sin um, of his people. And in doing so, um, he has uh, obviously lived and died and resurrected and ascended and glorified at the right hand of the Father now. Mm-hmm. So um, when we come to Christ, those um, all of us are born in Adam. All of us are born dead in sin and trespasses, mm-hmm. as we know. Um, so when we come to Christ, uh, drawn by his Spirit, um, we are coming to uh, the second person of the Trinity. We are coming to, to, to God, 
And when we come to him in repentance um, and he grants us faith to believe in him um, and accepts us and adopts us, uh, justifying us uh, in righteousness, um, that is now we are, as the Bible says, we have passed from death to life and we have been born again. Mm -hmm. We've been born from above, as the Greek says, onathon, born from above. So um, those that are in Christ, um, we are now defined by him and in him. Mm -hmm. um, And he is our life, as Paul says, I've been no longer I who live, but Christ who lives inside of me. So when we confess Christ, that is we are confessing there is one way to God, and that is through Christ. Um, He is the only mediator between God and man. Um, And I know, as you were saying, as you opened up this, you know, our world, our postmodern world uh, wants to tell us there's many ways Mm -hmm. to God. Um, You ever see those, uh, those bumper stickers that say coexist, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll have all the forms of all the various uh, world religions. And and then the cross is the last on the T for coexist. And um, I always uh, giggle to myself and, um, and say, no, there, we, we, we don't coexist. Of course, um, we treat the, those members of those religions with uh, honor and respect. Mm-hmm. However, when it comes to beliefs, um, we, we don't coexist in some homogenous stew where we all get to heaven. Um, it's very narrow in scope, mm-hmm. um, and that's coming to Christ uh, in repentance and belief. And mm-hmm. um, the Bible says, though, if you do confess him, you will have eternal life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the Bible says, so the Bible is where we get our information. Yeah. So the first question that we ask uh, prospective members of the church is, do you believe the Bible consisting of the Old and New Testaments to be the Word of God and its doctrine of salvation to be the perfect and only true doctrine of salvation? That's pretty exclusive, Mike, uh-huh. you know, um, and is not probably a very popular message, but is it is the faith once and for all delivered to the saints through scripture Mm -hmm. and has been handed down. I mean, this has been two millennia of, 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 of belief in scripture as the word of God. So, I mean, doctrine divides, you know, and we get our doctrine from the Bible and doctrine is a belief or set of beliefs that are taught and held by a church. Mm -hmm. And those beliefs have truth. They have propositional truth statements mm-hmm. it's yes or no so we ask our we ask our members do you believe that the bible is the word of god mm-hmm. and i mean john 17 17 sanctify them sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth those are the words of jesus uh, hebrews four twelve. for the word of god is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart mm-hmm. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him and he will make your path straight, submitting to him through the revelation of his word. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is this is the first the first question that we ask our members and the Bible. Maybe you talk about historical uh, histor- criticism, high criticism in the 19th century where it kind of started going a different direction in terms of uh, the uh, the inerrancy of Scripture? Yeah, Bible, you have, obviously, yeah, you have the, the German higher critics, as you talked about with the Schleiermark or even Bart. Um, you even had with the medieval church, right, with Aquinas and Bellarmine. But the... Mm-hmm. The authority of Scripture is God's self-contained, um, His Word from the self-contained uh, ontological Trinity, who is, you know, like you said, He's brought to us His truth. Um, you know, the enemies of God have um, uh, sought to undermine the authority of God's Word, 
um, of his revealed word. And as your first question says, um, in the Old and New Testaments, and there's a there's an organic flow to the Word of God. It's 66 books, right? And it from Genesis to Revelation, um, there's a flow of redemptive history um, starting in Genesis with the creation of all things and the fall of man, and then Genesis 3.15 with God promising, um, I will raise up a champion seed that will crush the head of the serpent, and I will usher in um, this eschatological life that Adam had in probation, Adam and Eve, by obviously which, which they failed. And But the rest of Scripture is the outpouring, the that that bud, uh, uh, sorry, the seed getting into a bud, then flowering, mm-hmm. um, f- and the final um, uh, revelation of Christ on the scene and His fulfillment of redemption that the Father promised. So yes, the undermining of Scripture has been throughout history, throughout mm-hmm. redemptive history, and um, the Book of Timothy says that the church is the buttress and pillar of the truth that God has revealed to us. So you're right, Bob, as, as God's people, um, we, we hold fast to the word of God. It's, it's revealed by him. Um, we don't need man to, um, to approve of its authority. God has said, this is my word. So we, by faith, start there. That's our launching off point. As Christians, we believe by faith that it is the word of God because he says it is. Um, and so to undermine that um, is to really put man in a position of authority and putting God in the dock um, really is what Satan really said in the garden, right? Did God really say? Right. And that's been flowing out throughout history for thousands of years. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's right. You know, that's so right. yes, amazing, yes. Um, so that's the Bible. And, you know, there's also this, uh, this idea of, of course, natural law. Mm-hmm. And so God has created the universe. He's spoken into being. He set it in motion. He's created certain irregularity to it. The sun comes up. The sun goes down. The planets are in a line. We're sitting here now because gravity or a force is keeping us in, in this place. It's, he's, he's holding the universe together mm-hmm. through his power and his being. And that is obvious to all people that there's an order in the universe. So that is natural revelation, but the Bible is special revelation. Through natural revelation, you cannot be saved. Correct. You know, so we, we all know there's a God, mm-hmm. even though we may deny it, we may suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. But the natural law and just knowing there's a God is not enough to save us. Correct. Yeah, Psalm 19 says, right, that the heavens declare his glory. Mm-hmm. But then it goes on to say, um, but the law of the Lord is perfect, converting mm-hmm. the heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, we will never, um, although as image bearers, exactly, we can look at the, the sky and the moon, the stars, and they all speak of God and his glory. And, you know, the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and all that crawls along the ground and the beauty in a beautiful sunset and the mountains and rivers and, and all that. And we praise God for that. Um, and, um, but at the end of the day, unless God has spoken through his revealed word, as you quoted from Hebrews earlier, it's the word of God is living and active, sharpen a double-edged sword, dividing joint and marrow, soul and spirit, as you said. Um, it, it's, it's the revealed word that, that God reveals to us, um, the nature of who he is and the nature of who we are as creatures, and he is the creator, um, and he's given us these truths of what to believe and how to live, mm-hmm. and and what is the nature um, of life, and that's life found in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, um, mm-hmm. risen and ascended. Mm-hmm. So that is, it's his word that draws us to that, is the spirits working mm-hmm. in and through the word preached on the Lord's day, 
um, the, the ordinary means of grace, the preached word, the sacraments, baptism, the Lord's Supper. There is there's, uh, the, the gospel in pictures, his words proclaimed, the spirit by Christ is moving among us and our churches, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and the Lord is speaking to us as we uh, engage um, on his day, gather together as his people called out of this world called out of Adam and into Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautifully put. Well put. So that was uh, the first question. Do you believe the Bible consisting of the Old and New Testaments to be the word of God and its doctrine of salvation to be the perfect and only true doctrine of salvation? Let's go to the second question that we ask our, we ask our prospective members. Do you believe in one living and true God in whom eternally there are three distinct persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, who are the same and equal in power and glory, and that Jesus Christ is God the Son come in the flesh. There's a lot in that question. Yeah, I mean, the Trinity is, is fleshed out in the New Testament. Um, John 20, 27, 28, then Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas replied, my Lord and my God. Mm-hmm. So um, let's unpack that a little bit. The Trinity as pre-existing mm-hmm. eternally, mm-hmm. Father, Son, Spirit, mm-hmm. in perfect harmony, mm-hmm. perfect relationship, perfect fellowship. Mm-hmm. This is where this is why we as human beings can relate because mm-hmm. we have the model. It's the, the image of God is in us. We're relational beings, mm-hmm. and God is a relational being. Yes, it's it's not polytheism like uh, like like uh, some of our Islamic friends would say. It's trinitarian. It's one God three persons mm-hmm. coexisting equal in power and glory mm-hmm. although different in rank i guess you would say yeah uh, different in yeah roles right there's roles. Is, you know as we've talked about um you know historically the, the bible speaks of the ontological trinity we use theological terms uh ontological in being who god is in his essence Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, as you said, as the confession says, that he's perfect in being, wisdom, and power, righteousness, holiness, and truth, um, as, but as, as always existing, never changing, the same yesterday, today, forever, right? The Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, all that the Bible describes of God. Um, and in, in this, in Christ, right, in this, in the incarnation, um, Christ assuming our nature, right, with a, a true body and a reasonable soul, assuming our nature. But uh, as the, I mean, we can look in throughout church history and start in the third century when they talked about the, the Nicene Creed and just moving forward, the Chalcedon Creed and all the creeds of the, of, of the church history, but especially in Nicaea of who, who the Lord Jesus Christ is, um, still remaining um, God of very God, but assuming our nature and never those two natures um, mingling together. However, uh, fully, fully human, fully mm-hmm. God um, and in the incarnation. But, you know, and speaking of just modernism and, and, and um, unbiblical thoughts about the Trinity, right? Um, there has been a push, you know, at least the last couple hundred years uh, for sure that um, when Christ came to us, that there was some type of uh, mutualism or correlativism that, that the creator took on the, um, took on the creature's image that the creator took on our properties, right? Mm -hmm. Or that the creature could take on the properties of the creator. Mm -hmm. And I think the Bible's clear that, that either whether it's correlativism, that, that, that God becomes like man in Mm -hmm. our properties, um, to where his essence of his deity 
is no longer exist mm-hmm. or that man can become God. Um, the Bible clearly uh, uh, mm-hmm. d- defines both of those as being erroneous and that uh, Christ, although he did assume our nature and our body, um, and um, but still remained God at every step. So that's the hypostatic union. Hypostatic union. The two natures Correct. existing in the being of Christ. Yes. Not intermixing and intermingling, but at different points in the Bible, you see him touching Correct. his human nature or touching his right. his divine nature. So, for yeah. instance, I mean, for folks that, uh, you know, there's, there's movements in, in certain churches, I think, more liberal churches that, you know, Christ was a good dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was a great, he's a great moral teacher. Um, he wasn't God in the flesh. He wasn't Emmanuel, God with us. I mean, mm-hmm. we look at some of the proofs in Scripture. What did, what did he do? He healed the sick. Mm-hmm. He raised the dead. He was sui generis in divine wisdom and authority. Mm-hmm. He was completely unique. He claimed authority over the Sabbath. The demons were afraid of him. Mm-hmm. He forgave sins, mm-hmm. accepted worship, mm-hmm. predicted the future, claimed equality with the Father, evidenced omniscience, and omnipresence. So pretty clear that he was God. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of proof in Scripture to say that he wasn't just a good dude. Correct. And then, and then even on, on for, the, for the human side, um, Bob, we have in Luke where it says he grew in wisdom and stature, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So he would have been with Joseph, right? And, and you know, hey, in the, in the tool shed, hey, Dad, what is that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a saw or that's a whatever. Mm-hmm. So he, had to, he grew in wisdom and stature. There were times when he was walking and, you know, with the crowd and he said, who touched me, mm-hmm. right? So there was that sense of his de- as, as both human natures in the one person of the Lord Jesus Christ, exactly, mm-hmm. um, uh, living and being um, for us. But it's interesting that on that, if Jesus was just a good dude, then, you know, as Paul talks about this in Corinthians, right? If Christ is not risen from the dead, mm-hmm. right, then you're, you believe in vain mm-hmm. and eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die. Mm-hmm. That, that only God could die for sins. And if he's anything less than God, um, then all of us are without hope, Paul would say. So um, Christ had to be eternal God to die for sin, um, for his creatures. And, the, you know, this is, goes back to the, the covenant of works with Adam, right? There's the, no man could not, um, no creature could uh, suffice and pay um, the debt that was owed to an eternal God. And can you only imagine the eternal God bearing can. the wrath of God? Only God could bear the wrath of God. That's it. Man, no. man could not do that. Yeah, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So, so this is um, in the question: Do you believe in the you know the one true living God who exists as Father, Son, Holy Spirit? This is this is Orthodox confessional Christianity, mm-hmm. right? To believe outside of that is to believe mm-hmm. outside the pale of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then further, that not separating Christ from his deity, right, from mm-hmm. his humanity as well, um, which, like you said, liberalism has sought to do that um, and uh, all various forms of unbelief um, throughout our culture, um, they seek to do that. But as believers, we stand on that solid rock mm-hmm. of who Christ is. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about, if you would, um, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, um, it seems to get neglected sometimes, mm-hmm. I think, in terms of our attention and our study of the Holy Spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. there's God the Father, God the Son, God mm-hmm. the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the function of the Spirit in the Trinity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, right in our, you know, since Christ is risen, that's what in Acts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when he said, you know, told the disciples, the Spirit, I'll, you know, I'll send you another comforter. I'm going to go away. 
but I will send you a comforter just like me. Um, and as we see in Acts where Christ ascends and then Pentecost comes. So we are, we are in the age of fulfillment. We are, you know, with the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ, um, the new age, right? We are the age to come. The new creation um, has been inaugurated, right? It is uh, Christ has fulfilled the work of redemption. Um, he has gone, ascended to heaven at the right hand of the Father, and he has sent, poured out his spirit, as the confession says, from the Father and the Son. So the Spirit, uh, I mean, spirit, the Bible describes the Spirit as like the wind, right? He goes wherever he wants. The Bible says you see the wind coming, you, you feel it, but you don't know where it's going, where it's mm-hmm. coming. And that's like the Spirit. The Spirit um, is is bringing, it's his role to apply the work of Christ um, in uh, what we call the order salutis in um, a believer's life to apply the, the work of redemption to um, those that were formerly in Adam that are now in Christ by faith. And he applies the, the righteousness to us. He clothes us. He is, the Bible, uh, Paul says that he's the down payment of the inheritance to come. Mm-hmm. Um, he seals, we've been sealed with the spirit. He reveals all truth to us. Um, he protects us from the evil one. And he, you know, we put on, um, as Paul would say in First Corinthians 15, um, that uh, as Christ is first fruits risen from the dead, um, that we will be like him um, when, uh, when this mortal will put on immortality, when this perishable will be imperishable, when this mortal body will become spiritual, we will uh, be like Christ. It says we see in a mirror now, but we will like him with a spiritual body, just as Christ has glorified. Um, and it's the spirit's role to, to bring uh, Christ work of redemption to bear um, and to fulfill and to seal uh, in the believer's life. The spirit's involved in sanctification mm-hmm. where he is, um, you know, he is convicting us still of our sin and, and working in our hearts and applying God's word to us and forming us and shaping us into the image of the son. Paul says that he prays for us in Romans. He intercedes for us as well as Christ. Mm-hmm. So the spirit's role um, is vital um, in, um, in the believer's life. And he is just, I mean, he is that, he's that comforter and he is, um, he is, it's the spirit of Christ living in our hearts, Mm -hmm. uh, drawing us to the father for nourishment. All right. For the redeem, we call out father God, you know, in confession or Lord, help me or Lord, heal me or, or Lord, grant me grace. Lord, help me to walk Mm -hmm. before your face, um, in humility, um, and and obedience, and that's the Spirit's work in our lives. Awesome, yeah, awesome. And we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can. You know, I uh, think of uh, when I'm uh, in the uh, in church and we're confessing our sin privately during that time. Um, it pains me to know that I've grieved the Spirit, the Spirit of God. He's a He's a person, mm-hmm. um, and omniscient, omnipresent, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, it's possible to grieve him and send him away or to him for to her, for him to flee based on my thought, word, and deed if I'm in sin, if I'm pursuing a sinful life or if I have a, a besetting sin of some mm-hmm. kind. And then we ask the Spirit to help me mm-hmm. with that sin mm-hmm. and to um, heal me of that whatever besetting sin that, that is yeah. and to set me free from it. Praise God, Bob. Yeah, and he's, you know, Jesus said that he will complete the work he started in us, and Mm. it's the Spirit's uh, role to complete that work, um, not perfectly in this life, none of us this side of eternity. 
there's no perfection in us. We're still at every step. Unfortunately, as the Puritans just talk about the dark guest that resides in our hearts. So mm-hmm. we're still mingled with sin in our hearts, and but it's the Spirit working in us, um, to bring in us, bring in Christ. Uh, life, um, as Paul says in Romans 4, reigning in life. Mm-hmm. We're reigning in that age to come now. It's the, by the Spirit. Um, and I, He is so merciful and kind when we do call out um, for forgiveness mm-hmm. in repentance. Um, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and, and to to uh, bring us back as the shepherd, good shepherd would, um, sometimes with the crook, sometimes mm-hmm. with the stick, mm-hmm. like you said, um, if we've wandered off and refused to, to come back. But it's his job. He will never leave us nor forsake us, and it's by his spirit because the spirit is that down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just down payment of this is the Greeks very clear. It's an inheritance and that's almost, it's clear language. The spirit is, um, and what is the inheritance? It's Sabbath rest mm-hmm. with Christ in the new heavens yeah. and new earth. And this is a very, I mean, it's a very hopeful message. I mean, anybody that says Christianity is a, just a big downer, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, this is a very hopeful message to know that, um, our hope is based on us looking, us basing our hope on the promises of God. It's a, it's a, it's not wishful thinking yes. or hope. It's based on we know that it's it's something that we haven't seen or experienced yet, but we know is gonna is there based on God's promises, which what could be more sure than God's promises? And that's what hope is. Oh Bob, that is yes. That's I agree. Absolutely, that's very valuable. Uh in Timothy, uh Paul reminds Timothy in I think it's chapter two, verse eight, uh remember Christ and him crucified, the seed of David. And that's, that is the hope for all of us as believers. We remember Christ because as the Puritans talked about too, this is a, this is a, a, a valley of woe, right? This world is a valley of woe and it's a valley of tears. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because we live in this present evil age, mm-hmm. that's what the Bible that Paul describes as a present evil age. And, um, but over against the age to come, God has given us the spirit to, uh, as pilgrims and sojourners to walk this path. Um, to the glory land that uh, that Christ has uh, has merited for us in His obedience and sacrifice. I'm thinking of uh, Pilgrim's, Pilgrim's Progress and John Bunyan. Yeah, you know, when you're talking about that, the journey. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. We've been talking to Mike Roberts tonight, uh, myself, Bob Peruka, talking about uh, what it means to be a Christian and the questions that we are ask our members uh, when they want to be prospective members. Uh, we ask them, and uh, we're diving into this. So uh, we will be back after the break. Uh, we do welcome your phone calls. Uh, the phone number here is 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. We will see you on the other side. The mission of apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe on the radio, on the internet, and now in the Life of the Mind conferences. If you believe in the work that Apologetics.com is doing, we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air, on the web, and in events near you. Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to Apologetics.com and click Donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to Apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting Apologetics.com. 
When a fine musician gives a masterful performance, some credit goes to the musician. But don't forget the composer. Hi, I'm Chuck Swindoll. Remember, the music is the composer's gift to the musician. Then the musician applies his or her skill to the composition to draw the best from it, to thrill the hearts of the listeners. What does that mean to us spiritually? God has created us. He's given us spiritual gifts, and now our goal should be His good pleasure in the exercising of those gifts. With God at work in us, we are to live to glorify Him. And that's music to His ears. Pastor and teacher Chuck Swindoll. Visit Insight for Living's website at insight.org. This is John MacArthur with another edition of Portraits of Grace. The story is told of a missionary on board a ship who was awakened one night by a frantic cry of man overboard. Immediately he grabbed a portable lamp and held it at the window of his cabin. He couldn't see anything. The next morning, he was told the flash of his lamp emitted just enough light to enable those on deck to see the man and rescue him. Wow. Darkness is even more debilitating in the spiritual realm because it represents sin. Fortunately, Christians have been called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Praise Him for granting you the saving grace and the illumination of His Spirit so that you could recognize His truth and respond accordingly. Be a light that shines for the sake of others. This is John MacArthur looking forward to bringing you more Portraits of Grace. All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Apologetics.com radio show. My name is Bob Peruca. I'm sitting in for my good friend Jason Gallagher, and I'm here with my good longtime friend Michael Roberts. Morning, Bob. Good morning, Michael. Yes, it is, it is morning, Saturday morning. Uh, we have been having a great conversation about um, membership and questions that churches ask prospective members to confirm that there's a really solid understanding about what it means to be a Christian. And these four questions, we really think that any Christian would answer yes to these questions. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're tried and true. Basically, the first question is, do you believe the Bible, Bible consisting of the Old and New Testaments to be the Word of God and its doctrine of salvation to be the perfect and only true doctrine of salvation? Second question is, do you believe in one living and true God in whom eternally there are three distinct persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, who are the same and equal in power and glory, and that Jesus Christ is God the Son come into flesh? Now we're up to question number three, mm. and this is, do you confess that because of your sinfulness, you abhor and humble yourself before God, that you repent of your sin, and that you trust for salvation, not in yourself, but Jesus Christ alone? You know, not a very popular question. That word abhor is, is not a very popular um, word. It's pretty strong, but I mean, in Romans 6.23, Paul tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike, in all its forms, sin is marked as mankind's enemy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It must be defeated to God's satisfaction for him to accept us. And if not, our relationship with him will not be continued for eternity. And there is only one way for it to be acceptable, and that is through Jesus Christ. 
John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, the sacrifices are, of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he has brought justice through to victory. So you got this idea that we are to abhor our sin, um, and maybe dig into that a little bit. What, what does it mean to abhor your sin? Yeah, Bobby, and you know, I'd say first of all, you know, that is a work of God in the heart by the Spirit. Um, the natural man, as Paul says in Corinthians, um, you know, does not see himself or herself. Um, as a sinner before God. Now, um, Romans one tells us they, that they know this God, right? That is, you know, it's very clear, um, that Paul's saying, it's like, you know, that God has made himself uh, evident. They know him, but they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And, um, because of our first parents fall into sin and death, you know, I always say, this is not the world that God created. God created everything good in the span of six days. And he entered into Sabbath rest on the seventh day. And, and because of Adam and Eve's, uh, our first parents fall into sin, um, it, God said, um, you can, you know, in the garden, you're going to obey my word. Man will live by uh, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man does not live by bread alone. And God said, you can touch and eat of any tree, but this tree. Um, and in failing to do that, um, he said that in dying, you will die, the Hebrew says. So spiritual death came um, would it come immediately? And as we see uh, after the fall, um, God came in his covenant lawsuit um, and Adam and Eve hid themselves, right? But yeah, he promised in Genesis 3.15 that I will, um, again, that, that I will crush the head of the serpent. So as a result of all that, all the redemptive history has been um, moving towards the, the, the final victory, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, um, of Christ uh, triumphing over sin triumphing over the grave, triumphing over Satan. Um, and if, so for the Christian um, to go to God, to have hearts um, that acknowledge before him that uh, we still have you know, remaining sin in us. And, and to ab- abhor our sin, Bob, is t- to realize that um, we've offended um, a perfect, just, and holy God and that his bar of acceptability is perfection. Um, and that's why no man at any one step um, could ever merit before God um, through any work, um, not even for one second of any one day in thought, word, deed, and actions could ever merit uh, righteousness before God um, because that's exactly what it took. It took perfection uh, in every thought, every word, every deed, every action, all that your feet trotted to, all that your hand touched, every thought that proceeded, every word that proceeded out of your mouth flowing from your heart needed to be, needs to be perfect. And uh, only only God's son uh, walk that out um, for his uh, at every step. So for us to abhor our sin is to is to think of our sin as God thinks of our sin. And you know what does he call sin? It's it's missing the mark. It's a transgression. It's it's a it's an autonomous selfish view of self. Um, it's it's iniquity. So what was straight we made crooked, mm-hmm. and and that is um, for us. As uh, as believers, uh, it's my prayer and your prayer that, that that we're constantly going before God. Luther said that all a life is a life of repentance. Mm-hmm. We're continually repenting, mm-hmm. um, but but knowing that that Christ in His work of redemption um, on the cross and the satisfaction of the wrath of God and His work of obedience in life um, has His blood has what you know uh, theologians called He expiated our guilt. 
His blood has expiated our guilt, and and he has uh, propitiated God's wrath for us. So as believers, we can go to God, and as we talked about the last segment, that we can confess our sins. Christ is faithful and just forgive us. But for the unbeliever, um, it's man, um, it's not death that separates uh, a, a person from God. It's sin. Mm-hmm. Sin will separate you for eternity from God. Mm-hmm. It's sin. Mm-hmm. Because the just and holy God has determined... Um, that 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 ex- perfection um, to be in His presence, um, it, it's perfection. And God cannot wink at sin. He, he cannot, cannot let people off the hook. It's it's not in His character. He absolutely cannot do that. Can't. Therefore, but He has provided a way out, and this was His plan from the beginning, to show His own righteousness, His own mercy, His own perfection through His plan. Mm. And you know, and Pastor Paul. Um, says many a time in, in, in the uh, pulpit, he'll say, look, you know what? Um, I know things seem kind of um, unfair, uh, painful, suffering. Uh, we are called, to, though, to suffer with Christ. But at the end of history, when we are able to look back, we will look back as a, as a perfect plan that mm-hmm. God had. And we have to have that faith, mm-hmm. no matter how bad things seem at the moment, yeah. you know. Yeah, Bob, and, and Paul goes on to say that um, even these former things, like mm-hmm. i.e. life in this present right. evil age for right. us, right. will not even enter our mind or we'll remember it no more. Right. So, but then that's, and I was thinking about that the other day, talking with my wife. That's a blessing, right? We're not, mm-hmm. we're not, because, you know, there's, could be loved ones, family members, mm-hmm. friends, coworkers, neighbors um, that, uh, that die outside of Christ, mm-hmm. people we love. And um, and to remember them, um, the what ifs, and constantly thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, well, whereas the new creation that does not exist. That's because there will be no sin. It, the sin's been eradicated, mm-hmm. um, and there's fullness of joy, fullness mm-hmm. of peace, fullness of love. So um, that's what exists in the presence of God, mm-hmm. and and sin does not exist. So um, yeah, that is. It says here in the last part of your question, it's salvation not in yourself, but in Jesus Christ alone. Mm-hmm. That's alone mm-hmm. is where the emphasis, um, the accent needs to be on. 100%. I'm looking for a um, a verse in Philippians here. It's one of my favorite verses. I should know it by heart. But it basically says, Paul says, not looking behind, mm-hmm. but looking forward. I lean into I, I I I lean forward into for the upward call of of Christ Jesus. You know, so like you said, we're not looking behind. There's an upward call. There's a trajectory of our life, and honestly, we're never static. We're either going up or we're going down in the Christian life, and so we need to continue that trajectory by looking and moving toward and leaning into the upward call of Christ Jesus. You know, which is again hopeful and beautiful because this world, like you said, is a veil of tears, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sin sin abounds all around us, Bob. You know, this is, this is, again, this is how Paul describes this is a, this age, this aeon is, is an evil age. It's, 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 it's bound up with sin. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the believer, um, you know, we are, as Paul says in Philippians as well, we are citizens of the age to come, mm-hmm. right? We are, yes. and that's how Christians we we view ourselves. Paul says it the how he said in Philippians. He says it in in Colossians. He says, you know what? You've been raised with Christ. Now set your mind 
on things above. Mm-hmm. Seek the things above. Mm-hmm. Um, Gerhardus Voss, one of my heroes, he has a wonderful teaching on being heavenly on heavenly mindedness. And he, you know, from those verses, talks about that, about as believers, we, uh, you know, you've probably heard that saying, Bob, that, um, you know, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, there's might be some truth in that, but I, I I tend to disagree with that statement. Um, I think that as Christians, we need to be heavenly minded. We need to be set in our mind, seeking the things above where Christ is, because that is where we are. We've been raised with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Romans six tells us we, when, when he rose, we rose. So we're spiritually raised with him now. We're ruling and reigning with him now. Um, and now these bodies at the end of the age will be raised immortal. But spiritually, we've been raised and resurrected already. And that's our life. It's in him. So life in this age um, it, for Christians, for believers in Christ, is a resurrected life. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's where we see ourselves um, even encircled around this veil of tears right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because we know that we're quorum deo before the face of god mm-hmm. um, in the presence of god as christ is i love the confession that talks about uh in larger confession um in question 55 about christ's mediatorship um how does he how does he intercede for us and the 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 uh, the, Puri- uh, the um, divines westminster divines talked about that he um he appears um, in our nature before the throne of God continually mm. and in his obedience and the merit of his sacrifice. Mm. And that's part of his intercession that in our nature, he's continually before the throne of God as our mediator. That takes us to question four. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Well said. Question four, do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your sovereign Lord? And do you promise that in reliance on the grace of God, you will serve him with all that is in you? Forsake the world, resist the devil, put to death your sinful deeds and desires, and lead a godly life. That is a tall order, my friend. <laughs> that is a tall order. You know, we we stand up there and go, yes. It's like, wow. Do I really do I really understand what that means? I mean, mm. taking taking all that in. First first comment is, God is Jesus is not only our Savior, but He's our Lord. Mm. You know, we can't we cannot. Claim Jesus as our Savior, pray the prayer, put the prayer in our pocket, and then pull out the prayer when we need him. Faith and works. We're not justified by our works in the sense of earning it, but faith and works. You will mm-hmm. know somebody by their works, their faith, that there there will be fruit. Mm-hmm. There, So Jesus will be your Lord, not just your Savior. you got to have them both. Yes, Bob. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. The you're, you're right. The the works are a result of this in birth faith. Um, you've been made alive, right? Yes. With with birth comes growth. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just a law of creation too. You put a seed in the in the ground. You you water it. The sunlight. It's being nurtured and it grows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it takes root and then bears fruit. Um, a baby grows after it's been born. It becomes a, a you know it's a toddler and then it's and then it reaches you know pre adolescence, adolescence, and then onto adulthood and maturity. And that's the same thing with when you're when Christ has by His Spirit birthed life in you. Um, th- there will be there will be growth. Uh, slow at times, mm-hmm. right? Three steps forward, two steps back. Mm-hmm. But there will be um, the Puritans used to say, "What I once was, I no longer am." So mm-hmm. as we as we progress in the Christian life. Um, Christ is the sovereign Lord that's that's sovereign over um, not only the affairs of creation, right? Um, Paul says in Colossians that he's upholding it all with the word of his power. You know, stay, 
and it stays. <laughs> um, but for our lives too, the sovereign Lord, he's ordained our steps um, before one of them come to be, the Bible says. And, and Paul says that his will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Mm-hmm. So as we're walking our lives out, um, he is sovereignly um, caring for us, providing for us, guarding us, protecting us. Um, but also there for us when we when we fall, when we stub our knee, you know, when we get off in the ditch, he's there. Mm-hmm. When I rise up, the, you know, when I go to sleep, mm-hmm. he's there. Mm-hmm. That's what the the Old Testament talks about. Psalmist, yes. That's right. Just yes. by the way, you're there. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, Christ is a sovereign Lord for us, and um, and it says we the question is rely on its grace, and you know, it's that part of you will serve him with all that is in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Forsaking the world, resisting the devil, and putting yeah. to death your sinful deeds. Yeah, I, I don't do a very good job of any of that stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty pretty bad at it, but hopefully, there, like you said, there's progress. That's yes. what we look for: three steps forward, two steps back. I mean, serve him with all that is in you. Wow. Yeah. So, I it, mean, um, yeah, we we stumble and bumble along, but. Um, you know, we get up. I get up every morning and you know read read scripture and pray and do my thing during the day and try to end it with a proverb at night or something. And um, but yeah, it's it's never enough. But um, by God's grace, um, you know we're walking. That's we're right. Walking. And Bobby says, you know, he tells Timothy, when 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 we are faithless, he remains faithful, mm-hmm. right? Right. So right. you know, it's it's that we we were talking kind of offline earlier this uh, this evening about um, you know putting to death your sinful deeds, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, John Owen wrote that wonderful book, The Mortification, right, mm-hmm. of sin. Um, and you did a wonderful sermon on it about 20 years ago that I was party to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you thank did. you. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. good. Yeah. Well, he talked about you be, be killing sin or sin be killing yes. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and in mm-hmm. there he talked about how sin is kind of like that. Um, it's kind of like the, in the old days, you know, he would use like a, a, a traveling salesman at the door, right? <laughs> and he kept, you know, knocking your door. Hey, let me in. And you're like, no, let no. Mm-hmm. And he comes back, let me in, let me in. I need to sell you mm-hmm. something. And you say, no. And you say, let me in. He knocks again, let me in. And you open the door a little and then his foot's in the door. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, he's sitting on your couch. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of sin does when we mm-hmm. when it's knocking at the door. Um, and and Owen was just masterful in talking about we got to be putting that. But he goes, it quotes Romans five thirteen. But he's saying it's not in our, it's not in us to put to death the, the deeds of the body, the sin, remaining sin in us. It says by the Spirit put mm-hmm. to death the deeds of the body. So again, we 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 live. You know, this is a we're in the already not yet but we have been raised with christ we are spiritually raised with him we've been given the spirits the first fruits of the down payment of the of the of the age to come so we have the spirit um to uh to put to death these deeds of the body you know as we, mm-hmm. we pray against these things as you were mm-hmm. saying and and we we mourn over them and we confess uh the sins of our heart those you know those wicked deeds of our heart that still so easily entangle us as the writer of hebrew says mm-hmm. um but it, it is the spirit put it's that is his role is to put the, put the sin in our in our lives in our hearts to death mm-hmm. and um and he will do all that he said he's going to do mm-hmm. and then ultimately that will be done in glory right mm-hmm. ultimately that will be done um when we are glorified with christ um but there is hope brothers and sisters that mm-hmm. that if you're struggling with sin in your mm-hmm. life um, and, and it is a battle. Mm-hmm. We know, mm-hmm. you know, it, it holds fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, but God has promised by his word that we have a mediator. We have the son of God praying for us mm-hmm. that we will endure, that we will persevere. And we have his spirit working in our hearts to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to root this out and to conform us and transform us into the image of his son. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a steady persevering, as you said, 
run of faith. Paul, mm-hmm. you're also quoting Corinthians, yep. that he says he beats his body, makes mm-hmm. it a slave. Mm-hmm. But in this in Philippians, just leaning press on, it. press leaning, on leaning towards the goal. It. That's yeah. it. Leaning into press it. on. You know, I think of I think of used coach football. I think of those guys, the drills where the guys have the the pads on the big metal frames, uh-huh. and, and the linemen are just. You know, there's a guy standing on the other side and weighing it down. The linemen are just leaning into it and just trying to move, move that, move that weight. That's what we're doing. You know, we're leaning into it, and we just got yeah. our core and our our legs, and we're just we're driving. You know, and it's slow, and it's hard, but ultimately we make progress. We we do, Bob, and that's why I love the Psalms because the Psalms capture and reflect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the human struggle mm-hmm. in, in, in every capacity. There's nothing in the Psalms, right, that David or mm-hmm. Solomon, whoever wrote them, uh, whatever author wrote them, um, was not dealing with in in, in life, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, looking to the Psalms and seeing, you know, how many times does a writer of Psalms just, out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord, you know, mm-hmm. and that we know that God is intimate with every thought, word, and deed before we even mm-hmm. speak, before it's even coming out of our heart. Um but he's there. He, I love you read um, the, the, from Matthew. A bruised reed, he will, I always go to that verse. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, a bruised reed, he will not break. And a mm-hmm. smoldering wick, he will not extinguish. Um, if you have placed your faith in Christ, he is there. And he, at the, the, the weakest of believers, he is there too. And he will um, envelop and hold. Um, he says, I will not lose one of all that the Father has given me. No one can snatch him out of my hands. Mm-hmm. Not one. It's very personal. Yeah, yeah, Very he's personal. he as as savior absolutely mm-hmm. um, shed his shed his blood and in his life was you know in his humiliation. The, I was talking about the divines earlier, talking about Christ in his estate of humiliation. You know, just being subject to this fallen world. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about not having a place to lay his head, mm-hmm. right? But but being subject to as a human to tiredness, right? To to hunger mm-hmm. um, that the eternal God. Uh, made himself subject to his creation emptied, in that sense emptied himself yeah that's yeah. amazing yeah. it's amazing so there is the the most intimate care with mm-hmm. his people that mm-hmm. that he is the the shepherd mm-hmm. right he is the shepherd of Israel and he says he will never slumber or sleep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know i i think of uh, a lot of times it seems like the 60s you know it's kind of romanticized you know I, I like the music of the 60s the beach boys and stuff but the whole culture was when we look back on it it was a very very uh uh, t- as a very um, pivotal turning point in our culture, you know, and there was a, a, a desire for freedom, mm-hmm. freedom, okay, freedom from constraints, freedom from Christianity, freedom from the Ten Commandments, freedom from authority, but you're enslaved. You're not free from sin. You're enslaved to sin. So you're, you're either, like you said, enslaved by sin or set free from sin in terms of it not being a lord over you. So it's one or the other. But so people that are looking for freedom, true freedom is in Christ. True freedom is freedom from sin and fellowship with God. True uh, liberation is that. And true slavery is slavery to my own sinful thoughts, words, and deeds with, with alienation from God. Yeah, and that the, in that ironic, right? That mm-hmm. you said the push for autonomy, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. whole country, if we, you know, at its essence, right? In a sense, yes, we. I think there's vapors. It was vapors of a Christian nation for mm-hmm. sure, mm-hmm. but there was also Enlightenment theories, John Locke and mm-hmm. and whatnot, um, co mingled with that. So um, this this 
you know, as Americans, we're very, there's a very autonomous um, spirit, a spirit of in, rugged individualism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's great. It is great, you know, and, and this country has birthed the greatest, you know, the, uh, rights in, of, in the history of man, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, with the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, for sure. Um, but when it comes to um, our spiritual lives, mm-hmm. uh, exactly, it's that, that irony that, that the, the, the more you want to be autonomous and free, the more you're enslaved and you're uh, in shackles, the Bible mm-hmm. talks about to sin and it's and it's desires and pleasures and you have no power over it mm-hmm. you have no power over it other yep. than in christ as you said he broke he broke the shackles right he opened the prison door and shined the light of truth into the prison door and you know brought us out and unshackled us and and put healing balms on our wounds and uh, clothed us with his righteous robes and um and put a crown on our head and um and but outside of him it's it is it's um, it's death and misery mm-hmm. and the grave as the final victory um, yeah. for those outside of Christ. I think of the Apostle Paul in chains uh-huh. so much of his life, yeah. you know, in chains and uh, under threat, but in chains, and yet he was free Yes, in those chains in, the, in that jail. And he makes that, he has that verse where he, is, he has learned to be content with any circumstance in his life. He's tasted the best food, and he's been hungry. He's been he's been destitute, and he's been in palaces. He's been up and down, but he's learned. And what what a great um, uh, 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 thing to be able to master is is contentment. You know, oh. contentment with 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 your with our with your circumstances, knowing that God has put us there, and that we're at peace, and that we're we're going to be fine. Mm. You know, that we're in Christ, and we're going to be fine. That's that's another a level of uh, you know just that that contentment you know in any circumstance any situation. Yes, contentment is a it's exactly that is one of the uh, Christian character characteristics right that the Spirit produces that um absolutely uh, we we can pray that God would be pleased to grant us that mm-hmm. um, in our circumstance yeah. without grumbling and complaining, <laughs> being content and um, and you know again this is a, a lifelong. Um, endeavor mm-hmm. in this life this is a lifelong endeavor to to create christ in us and form us and transform us into his image mm-hmm. um and um, by god's grace he's doing that <laughs> absolutely well last last thing well we've got a few minutes here we want mm-hmm. to talk about uh just membership in a church we're both elders and i think membership's important i know it's been played down quite a bit you know it's a, a lot of churches don't have membership and i'm not saying you know, they're bad or good or whatever, but I think it's very advantageous to have membership in a church because what happens is, is you become part of the body. You're asked to give your gifts as a member. You're, you, you need to participate. In fact, we say, will you participate in, in not only the worship, but in the life of the church? We want your gifts, whatever they are, administrative, musical, cooking, whatever they are. And by that, you feel a part of your, you're woven into the fabric of the church. And, and, and as elders, we also are able to serve you. And then we get served as well because we are serving you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would uh, urge you know, folks out there, find a good church uh, and, and become a member. Yeah, Bob, it is, um, you're right. It's a, it's a, it, you're a member. You are part of a local church. Um, as you ask these questions, right, you know, it's, will you um, submit to the Lord and its government to even heed its discipline? Um, and 
uh, will you participate faithfully in the church's worship and service? Exactly what you just said. Will you will you minister to people and be ministered to as well mm-hmm. as a church family? We talked earlier about Peter talking about we are living stones being built up right mm-hmm. um, into the temple of God for His dwelling place, and each one of us uh, is His His as believers, his children come together in a local, um, a local church, um, congregation, a local church body. Um, we are a family of believers, right? And God is uh, doing a work in each one of us. And we're there to, um, as elders, you're right. We're there to, to pray for and to minister to, and to counsel, um, to protect, to, to point our brothers and sisters to Christ and the glories of, of what God has done for us in him. Um, as well as to, um, to exhort, admonish at times, mm-hmm. um, and um, and uh, plead with those mm-hmm. to come back, mm-hmm. um, those that have left us and 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 have not come back from us. So, um, it's a it's it's a um, a wonderful um, office that God mm-hmm. has given towards yes, His people. Exactly. A lot of responsibility, um, but uh, but we got the the brother Hebrews talks about we do. Uh, actually, actually, it was Peter. We don't do that out of compulsion, um, but like the chief shepherd when he returns. Um, that there will be a, a, a crown of glory, and we do it because um, the chief shepherd is doing that for all of us. Michael Roberts, well said. Thank you so much for being with us tonight, Michael. Thank you for having me, Bob. It's My pleasure. Uh, Apologetics.com radio show. Thank you all for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll see you soon. Thanks again. <laughs>